Good afternoon. It is February 14th, 2023. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Lehman, hosted co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? Happy Valentine's Day. I think it's well known that you are not a fan of Valentine's Day, but here's your other uh, option. What if it was to go with Aaron Rodgers to a four-day, four-night, all-in-the-dark to just kind of think about life. Would you rather have to deal with that for four days or just deal with the Valentine stuff just for the for the one day? I, I find it so interesting to get invited to so many things of which I really don't need someone else there for. Like I don't need he doesn't need anyone to go sit in the dark for with anything. Like what what are we gonna do? Like we're sitting in the dark alone anyways. It's, it's not a real good companion thing. This is it's like going to the movies or or skiing. You could do it all totally alone and nobody's gonna ever mind and it's barely enhanced with some company added. So uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm, this is the real I'm gonna, draw of romantic I'm gonna stop holiday. You there because you're in the dark. If you're in the dark just for a little bit, I, I think a buddy system. I think that would be a good policy. You're at the movies. Oh, you look over. You can see people, but you can't really talk. Where you're in the dark, I think the only thing you can do is talk, right? Yes, but that is that. That's not what the purpose of all this is. The, the purpose isn't to see can we test our friendship in the dark. The purpose is to go in the dark and and be with yourself and be with your own thoughts and deal with whatever you want to deal with personally it isn't to hold hands and be with someone else also is trying to go through all that this isn't we're, we're not doing mushrooms together in the group watching youtube all night this is a completely different environment here and i think that's the point of it i think that's what rogers is doing now doing weird things to be weird is is, is a very strange you're just if you're famous and you have eyes on you anytime you do something like this it's a story when reality is it's like he's he's literally going out and doing nothing these, I don't think he's promoting this. I don't think any of us need to be aware of any of this. It's it's really none of our business, and it shouldn't be interesting at all. It's very much like this how, holiday. How do you think that the the, the number four, you know, got there? Because I'm just thinking, you, you with the dark, you, you're just gonna totally lose all, all sense of time. So, is it really that one day is that much different from six days? Once you get, if you, if you meditate or if you've meditated before, if you've practiced this at any point in your life, and once you're kind of able to achieve actual meditation the length of time is really up to whatever you need and whatever you want to do and i don't think it feels as different so if, I, I, if you if you're really going for it and you're really doing it and if you've done it before 20 minutes can become an hour real fast and then four hours one hour can become four i i assume real fast i've never had the interest of it for me it didn't seem as productive with, with just your time I, I like little sessions much more regularly than just a massive weekend of all that i don't think you could bankroll meditation but i guess they're trying i don't know I'm, there's a whole lot of things i haven't tried i haven't tried that so I'll, I'll, I'll give you that perhaps i would be terrified that first day waking up and you can't see anything and it takes you a beat it's like when you 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 wake up somewhere that's not your your normal your, your normal room and sometimes there's that what where where am i and this is you don't even have a chance to get your bearings like you really have to just be ready when you wake up of oh yeah that's right i'm in the dark i'm not blind <laughs> I will be able to see in the future, but right now I cannot see anything. Yeah, speaking of dark, you know, let's just there's so much to get to in all this, but I want to talk this off topic right now, real quick. Do you do you have an issue driving at night? Like is is driving at night such a deferred interest? Like if you had the choice of driving in the day or driving at night, are you always picking day? Always. Always? Why? Well, I see, I think it's almost easier to drive at night. You there's only one thing you're looking out for. If you see headlights, there's a car. If there isn't a headlights, there's no car. In the day, there's so much more stuff going on. There's way more things you got to pay attention to. At night, there's nothing. You don't see any light. It's just you. Well, how is that any harder? 
Well, it's it's because I got the uh, you know the the fancy uh, eye procedure uh, a few years ago, and I think I even have some of the issues before. But I get the uh, what do they call it? Like like the starburst situation. So, like when the car is coming at me, you're like, oh yeah, those are the headlights, and then it's like, well, the the whole <laughs> the, the the whole thing now looks like like a car, and I don't know exactly where that car is. So that that that'd be that reason. But I think that test has to just do more of the personal way that my eyes work. Yeah, if it's just a nighttime thing and you, you can't stay awake, it's well, it's it's like if you were tired in the day, wouldn't it ha- wouldn't it be the same issues? Like it's just so it's time of day. It's it's not necessarily that it is night. I, I don't know. I'm I, I I like driving at night because I I like having the whole road to myself with nobody on there. There's no traffic. There's less people. There's there's less people. There you're probably going to be able to go a little bit faster because of less traffic, less people, and less uh, let's say surveillance. You know those old community radar systems out there with those. Uh, paying for whatever other police system blah 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 there's a lot less of that at night and that's just this is a little opinion all right enough talk of the dark should we get to the actual important podcast here this is or should we do more valentine stuff let's just derail the entire podcast there wasn't a i don't Super know if you, Bowl if you had anything or an NBA you know, trade I, wanted deadline. To, I wanted to give you all the opportunity whether it was you know maybe you changed your mind from Nothing. last year or if things were different i wanted you to give you give you the platform I, I was i was surprised when i told you i couldn't do it yesterday and i was moving it one day how you gotta hold me like hours later we're like dude if this is some sort of valentine's day prank i'm gonna be so mad and it was like hadn't even thought about that i i actually thought so he zach bailed yesterday he wasn't feeling too well whatever he, he obviously was able to get get well enough for today and i i i I had the I had the joke of, of of thinking like is he just trying to make sure I don't have plans tomorrow night or is he just like <laughs> you had no idea either which is even more humiliating that neither of us were like yeah Tuesday whatever we can do it then whatever nobody knows what day it is and I've always made such a big deal on how this day it's so silly to put so much importance on one single day how how you're supposed to care and love and support someone else even more on this one day when reality is she's probably doing a little bit of that every day and that's kind of always going to be my take. You know what? I say that, and the, I, I've never celebrated this day, so perhaps maybe I'm the one in need of change here. But that's enough on Valentine's well, Day. Well, Will, I'm here for you for some love and support. Hey, and it seems you know, like you might really need some support on picking football games and doing all the things football-related because I beat you in the picks in the regular season, and I beat you in the, the prop bets. Like, next year, do we have to, like, team up and go against, like, a different podcast so, like, I can help you out? I didn't realize that you, those two feats were, were going to go on your resume. Like, they were something to brag about. Like, c- come on, prop bets? You beat me in prop bets? It's like, all right, you beat me in a, on a coin toss in a Gatorade color. Like, that's that's not winning. There isn't strategy in that. There isn't a skill set of that. These are random Whoa, bets that anything no could there's no strategy happen. or skill set. There were so many prop bets. You got to pick, you know, whatever you wanted. There were so many options, and you just didn't even pick the right ones. Yeah, but it's not like you picked the obvious ones, and the, 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 there isn't... <laughs> I... I don't know. For the ones that I got correct, because the ones that I, I got right were uh, Eagles ahead at the half, Chiefs to win 7-1, to one, and I had the last scoring play for Casey to hit the field goal. And pretty much I laid that out on the podcast that I thought Eagles all year jumped out on teams. That's what they were going to do, but Casey was going to come through at the end, and I thought it would be, uh, you know, not a lot of time left, and uh, Mahomes would get him in, in situations that uh, Bucker could kick, kick the field goal. So, I mean, I even had a little story that went along with it. Hey, see – why don't we just skip to that part? Why do we got to knock me down when we could say you did a really good job in predicting not only the prop bets, but predicting an actual outcome of the game here? It ends on the field goal. We can get to that. And that's a little anticlimactic. It's a crazy guess by you that I will give you credit. I hope you won some decent money on that. I don't know what the odds were on that one, but 
that's a great call. I'll give you credit on that. I'd much rather give you credit for getting two things that I didn't think were going to happen that happened. You know, Eagles essentially blowing a lead after having a very dominant first half. I thought Jalen Hurts was spectacular for the entire game. I wouldn't put a whole lot of blame on him. The fumble for a touchdown is is just Oof. just killer. Like, if you tackle the guy at the one, at least you give your defense a chance to maybe hold him to three, but to just immediately just give them a touchdown at a point where I thought they really had like their hands around the Chiefs next at that point where they were really in control. If they go down and score in that possession rather than give up six points immediately, it's it's a different it's a different lead and possibly a different game. And I I, I could the only counter I have to all that is that they didn't stop the Chiefs one possession in the second half. Every time they had the ball, they scored, and that's just not how you're going to win a Super Bowl. You you have to be able to force stops. You have to be able to give your defense some sort of relief you can't be that reliant on your offense and that's ultimately why I think Philadelphia won now some people are pointing to one call at the end of the game of which the Chiefs were already in field goal position already in a position to score and that that somehow cost them the game what cost them the game was that they didn't give up the score they would almost rather not have the penalty and they just get a touchdown and you give your offense a chance I think that's the outcome we all wanted and we were cheated of it. I'll, I'll give you that. But it was a call. It was the right call. So I, I, I think it was the right call. I wish they hadn't thrown it just because it was such an exciting game. Rarely do you see this many scores in a Super Bowl early and consistently throughout the entire game. There was always something going on. I thought it was a very entertaining game. And then to end kind of on a flat note because of a penalty, and then the team just takes the clock all the way down and kicks an easy field goal. Kind of a bummer of an ending, but ultimately – I'm all right with the call. I wish it hadn't happened, but are are you okay with it? Like, would you? You obviously would have rather them not throw it, but it, it is it is what it no. is. Right? I, I don't I don't want that because it, it it was it was a penalty. There should have been a flag. I wish the guy hadn't held him. That's what I wish. If I'm gonna you know go and be wishing for for anything, it's I I agree with everything that you're saying that it was disappointed that that's kind of the way it ended. I think it probably still would have uh, ended that way, but. Maybe, uh, you know, Hertz is able to get, you know, something a little, little razzle dazzle and then it's, you know, scramble and there's like even more excitement, but it, there, there's a penalty, whether it happened in the first quarter or happens at the very end of the fourth quarter, you got to call it the same way. You can't just say, ah, well, it'd be way more fun if this happens. It's like, well, no, you, you held the guy and even, even admitted it later, which I thought was pretty unusual. I, I don't think that comes up very often. All right, if you were this guy, I, I'm sorry, I'm not even going to remember the player. I don't think he wants to remember for this anyway, so I'm not even going to attach a name to it. But if you were this guy and you commit the penalty and in the post game you have the choice of you don't have to admit anything. You could just put your hands up and be like, look, I played real hard. We, we all were trying to get this job done and it, and it just didn't happen. To openly just say, yeah, I did it. I'm owning up to the responsibility of all this. I'm not going to blame it all, but. It's not like the entire game really did fall on this guy. It's just the opportunity that they had at the end to counter was taken away from them. That's what I would really fault them for. I wouldn't fault them for losing the game. There was You could have gotten any stop. They didn't stop the Chiefs one time, and you're pointing to this one possession at the very end. Like there, There's every other possession in the second half. They didn't get so one stop. So many opportunities. So I don't think it's fair to point it all on him. I, I don't think it's something I would encourage my players to do in openly admitting it either. At least not in the post game, like just, just let it sink what in. Is, what, what, what does it change? Uh, I, 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 you're right. It doesn't change anything. I, I guess it's just the. It's whether too, whether he said what he said or if he came out and said no, 
no way that's a penalty. That's never a penalty. I've been playing in this league for forever. Like, it, that's never a penalty. Like, it, it doesn't seem like that would be worse. It's a little more sour grapes where this was like, hey, yeah, you know what? You know, you're out there. I, you know, I tried to get an advantage and I got caught. Well, I didn't just honest. I didn't realize he was like superhuman and could just be extremely healthy mindsetted about just the most <laughs> controversial call of, of, of you know it, it's the biggest game of the year and it comes down to this one game. So for everyone to be up in the air complaining about you know calls and all that, it's, it's it is a big deal because it's one game. There isn't all right. Well, maybe we'll get them next game next week. It's not. This is it. Nope. Reset everything. We're starting all over again next year. You got to go through the whole season. And end the whole playoffs, and, and, and you got to – it's just there's so much to go through, and I understand the importance of it and the, the frustrations of not having things go your way. But for Philly, I think this was a spectacular year. I was doubting them up to this game. I know I picked them in this game, but saying that they didn't – they didn't face a whole lot of teams. Their schedule was compromised. You know, Jalen Hurts healthy. And then just questioning all of them. And then finally, I thought they really showed up for a big game. And it, it's funny that I am now validating – like an entire season after a loss just because I <laughs> thought they competed like the crazy, like the offense and Goddard and these third downs and that fourth down ultimate conversion that, that somehow is almost better than Tom Brady's quarterback sneak where they don't even just get the one yard. They get three yards. Like if I'm any team and I've blown a lead, I'm not going to name names, but we all know who, if you, if I've blown a lead in the second half and I'm looking at this fourth down play, I'm running that play every down. It just kills clock. <laughs> There's no way you could turn it over. You have so many guys in front, so many guys behind. It's like you create a wall around the football, and you just kill clock, and you get a couple yards every single time. That's what Eagles I would be doing. Eagles have been doing that all year long. They changed the rules recently where you can, as a, another offensive player, you can push the guy where forever you, you weren't able to do that. And, yeah, Eagles have really honed in on that, and I think you're going to see that a lot more from teams next year. Very effective, changes the game entirely. It's, it's you just want to get to a fourth down within fourth and two, and anything's kind of possible. And it's if anything, like automatic. It's very, yeah, it's very, very likely you're going to get it. And I know the the odds of already going for fourth down every single time are are in favor if you're kind of consistent with it. But I just I just give a ton of credit, to Jalen Hurts. He goes for the passing. He goes twenty seven to thirty eight for three hundred four yards. He hits the over. I had the under, and he kind of did that easily. And there's probably a couple plays that were taken away from him more. Like, he probably could have had more yards. So he has three or four passing for one touchdown. The rushing, he was also just a spectacular. 15 carries, 70 yards, three touchdowns. Kind of disappointing for the other running backs in Philly. Uh, Gainwell ends up with 21 yards. Sanders only ends up with, like, 16 yards. Didn't matter. The guy put it on his shoulders. He was getting the job done. I liked everything that they were doing. I, I wouldn't, like, would you blame this game on Jalen Hurts? Like, it, it's, I think, if anything, it's, Easy to point the finger a little bit more at the defense. You could probably point a little bit at the the fumble for a pick six, essentially. That's kind of a bummer, but great game by Jalen Hurts, right? Like, I just want to give what this guy some kudos. Second Super Bowl MVP. It's... You know, some of that is just Patrick Mahomes is really good. good. All right, you keep cutting in a, a little bit and out, in and out here. Uh, we'll, we'll try and work on that. Uh, another great game by Mahomes. I mean, the legacy kind of grows and continues now if you're him. He has a passing. He goes 21 for 27, 182 yards for three touchdowns. The ankle injury, whether it's real or not real, it, it seemed to be really affecting him when it, when it mattered. But he still get this, got the job done. The, the rushing yards at the end just couldn't have been any more clutch, couldn't have been any more critical. Inc incredibly impressive by him. 
kind of putting everything on his back as well. I, I know you went in all in on um, Kelsey being MVP, but it was a no-brainer that Mahomes was going to do this. I, I thought it was super ballsy of you to kind of aim for that. But, I mean, what did you think of Mahomes? Like, is, does his ranking change at all? Is his overall opinion changed at all? Or is this just an awesome quarterback that we already knew was awesome? Well, we'll work on getting Zach back on the phone here. <laughs> hey, what did you think of Mahomes' game? Mahomes was amazing. I think that's uh, especially coming off the the the. Well, we all thought was he was still injured, but he did not look injured. Yeah, do you think this ultimately changes his ranking for you overall? Like, has he jumped over everyone, or is it still very much a work in progress where it's incredibly impressive and he still has a lot of years left? And, and I don't think it's necessarily fair to say that it's a given that everybody is now just going to play as long as Tom Brady. And it, and it isn't just going to be a skill set. I think it's going to be a choice of, like, do I even want to do this? Like, do I want to do this at that age? And that's where I, I, I think it's really impressive what Mahomes has done now and everybody's saying, well, he, he will eventually do this. Like, if he just plays until this, like, look how many chances he'll have. I don't think it's a given he'll play for that long. I think the mobility of playing on broken ankles is – also not going to help a longevity of a career, but hell of a hell of a win for him. Bunch of credit. I thought Andy Reid had a great coach, uh, great coaching game as well. I actually think he has has moved up in the the coaching echelon to some degree of just winning this type of game. The comeback I think is critical. Also, like going down in a Super Bowl, yeah, down ten at the half. You can uh, panic I mean, so fast, so easily. So many things can go wrong. You can make over adjustments. You can make adjustments that you've never made before. And he just nailed it. I just thought everything worked out very well for them, and I was kind of happy. I think for I, them I read win. that this was only the, uh, the the second time a team down double digits at the half has came back and won. Yeah, that seems crazy in, because in that Super seems Bowl. like a football game. Like, a, like isn't it just a normal game? Like that's that kind of happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, like you never want to be down by ten, but down ten at the half is not. This game is over. Pack it up. It's like okay, we got to you know make some things happen. Like, let, let's do it. Uh, okay, a couple housekeeping things about the Super Bowl. One huge issue was not the referees. It was the home, the field itself, the turf, awful. Guys yeah, falling, what was up with that? falling all over the place. I'm watching the game with my mom, and she's kind of like, "Hey, is it? It's like normal for guys to be like falling this much." And I, I like, I saw a couple guys slip, and I, I thought maybe, you know, maybe a little Super Bowl jitters. You know, you're playing extra hard. There's, there's so much pressure on all this that maybe slip a couple times. But by the second half, the field was pretty torn up, and I, I thought it was just embarrassing that we've. We've 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 put this indoors. We've done two weeks of press for all this, and the, and the one thing that is something you've had so much time to get ready for just didn't seem very ready, or something that they weren't really prepared to address for. Like I'll just play the damn thing outside if it's going to be like this inside. Like the, and, and not even have to deal. It wasn't. It was pouring rain, and it's like, well, hey, like we did the best we could, but it, like weather. It's like no, no, <laughs> this is in Arizona. <laughs> there, there's no rain. There's no problems here. Big, it's, yeah, it's indoors. Big, big issue with that. And, and then I'm hearing other things being reported during the game that when the Chiefs played earlier this year in Arizona, that they had similar complaints and that you go back to even like some college bowl games and there's there's some some film and evidence of, that, of struggles on that film. And it, 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 it just seems like something. How that, is it not just uniform at this point? I, I, I'm not sure. I, it seems it seems that they've invented the technology and that they shouldn't be a, an option of, of X, Y and Z. It should be everybody just has this and this is what we go with. I'm all right with some of the outdoor elements, but if you're playing inside, it shouldn't be that different or it shouldn't be affecting anybody. You shouldn't have to change cleats in the Super Bowl because 
the cleats you've been wearing for the entire season are no longer working on this one field. That seems a little backwards to me. That seems like we're, we're putting a, a new obstacle that doesn't need to exist on this. If we're trying to make this an even playing field and that isn't a home field advantage for anybody, that's something that should have been addressed. And I hope that they do fix this. Everybody was all in on, on Arizona being a great host, and maybe it is. I, I didn't go to the game. I don't know all that. But watching it, I wouldn't want to have it there again just because of how many times I saw guys fall. I mean, how many big plays could have happened with all that? How many mistakes did happen because of all that? I, I just avoidable thing. I, I wish they would have addressed it, and I wish. I hope it never happens again. Is, is fair to say? Fair to say? We just want some decent I, playing fields. It just seems like we've, with all the technology, we're at this point of, you know, in the Super Bowl, this is for sure not going to happen. I mean, it shouldn't happen even during a, a regular season, not even a preseason game. This is the surface that these guys are playing on. You know, you're worried about injuries. Well, this seems like a main culprit here if the field is not up to par. So, I, yeah, I don't know uh, who's in charge of that, but that's that's got to get situated. And uh, that's definitely why they had zero sacks on Mahomes, right? Like, that's 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 the the one reason we're going to play. It was too to. slippery. Too slick out there. All right, uh, moving along here. Halftime show, Rihanna. A couple surprises in that. The one thing I wasn't surprised about is that I knew every single song. So, ultimately, when a performer comes up here – the performance can be whatever it is, but if I know a lot of the songs, I think that's generally a pro for me, and that part I enjoyed. I'm I'm gonna there's no there's nothing to, there's no way to say this and it sound like you're only gonna dislike me for saying this, but I think we're all kind of thinking this to some degree, and nobody's gonna have the guts to say it out loud. And that is, I would have really preferred to see Rihanna perform at. I'm not saying she's injured, but she's not at 100 percent performance level all right she she could have she could have been moving a little bit more she could have done a little bit more the dancing and collaboration of all that could have been a little bit more in sync I thought the pregnancy was a little bit of a slowdown for her that being said given the circumstances that she had I thought she did her best and, and it was an entertaining performance but I, I think I think she has a little bit more capability that I've seen in some of her previous performances that we were left a little short for all this and, and I just think it's kind of strange that you know she didn't sign up for the Super Bowl like last week like she kind of knew this was going on and you don't really I, – I, I think you kind of have some control of when you get pregnant, all right? I'm just saying maybe that's just me over here, lonely guy on Valentine's, but <laughs> just saying I would have rather seen Rihanna not be pregnant for the big Super Bowl game that she's known months in advance that she was going to be doing. But life life comes at you quick, so you know, that's that's maybe not up to I, my control as much as I, I hoped it to be. I don't, I don't know if it's possible to uh, completely verify this, but pretty sure that that's the uh, first time a Super Bowl halftime act has performed while pregnant. Well, I mean, we didn't. Do you think that when she, like it's not like they offered it to her and she's like, you know, I'm pregnant, and they were like, all right, yeah, that's fine, whatever, just go with it. I, it was like she wasn't pregnant when this was offered to her, right? Like, are we? Can I can I confirm that somewhere? Like, that's that's more of my issue with all of this is that she said yes to this, of which there's a lot of artists and a lot of bands that are competing for all of this that want to have the opportunity to get this whole viewership of all, and you know, maybe I'm making a bigger deal. Maybe it doesn't matter if she's pregnant or not. I just thought it limited the performance. That could have been better. It wasn't bad. I'm being very clear on that. I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it could have been better. Uh, but yeah, I'm already in hot water all of this. Like, there's there's nothing great. We, we say all the time that the halftime show isn't for us, and if you have a problem with it, it's just not for you. Go back to watching the football game. That's what that's there for. So. Yep, exactly. Uh, and anything to comment on the Rihanna songs? Uh, any, anything? Like you just said, it's not really not really for me. I, I like Rihanna in general. Like uh, you also said, is like, oh, yep. Now I'm at the age where I know the songs, and 
It's like, hey, how come they only play it for old? Oh no, oh that happened fast. Yeah, no, it did. It really did. It it, it definitely did. I I was shocked though that of all the years where they don't force side acts, this was the one where they said, no, nah, we're gonna let her carry it all on her own. We're gonna keep her on one platform, raise her up and down three times, and that's gonna be it. We're not gonna bail her out with some other. And we're going to have a million dancers right, on the like sideline. I feel like all the times before it was like, hey, we're going to have some other people come in. You don't have to perform the whole time. But yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I've i seen, like, do you remember the Beyonce Super Bowl where she's just doing a ton of choreography on multiple sets and all that? Rihanna's done concerts just like that, and I thought we were going to get that. And I, I just, it was cool. It, I, some people were almost like it, it was too risky with the pregnancy thing being that high. But I, I think you you're a professional performer. I think you can handle some balance balance up there. So like that's maybe not as big of a deal to someone like her and a huge deal for anyone else. Uh, all right. Anything else to get on the Super Bowl here? I, I want to point one more thing out that I think we both picked the Chiefs going into the year. Is that is that fair to say? Can we bookmark that one? I, I definitely picked uh, I picked the Chiefs before the Super Bowl, but I don't know who, who I picked at the beginning of the year. I I want to say we both picked the Chiefs at the beginning of the year. I can't confirm that, but someone can. We'll get the intro. I would say until someone can refute that, I'd say, yeah, we both picked the Super Bowl correctly. Beginning of the year. I flip-flopped on the, the week before, though, because the Mahomes injury and, and the, the Eagles, I don't know. I, I, it wasn't like I was that far off, either. They, they lost by three. This was a completely winnable game. They, they have zero stops yeah. in the second half. They get one stop. They don't get, They don't fumble for seven. Like There's a lot of points where I, I can see Philly being frustrated on they're a really good team, and I, I don't even feel at fault for losing to them, but there's a couple things that could have gone our way, and this this ends in our way entirely, and that's that's the way the Super Bowl goes, and that's going to be something they're going to have to have to live with. It was with. Uh, for sure not fun, uh, the Celtics getting beat by the Warriors in June, but it, it does help just ever so slightly that the Eagles keep losing in these uh, championship games. Uh, you know that little Boston Philly rivalry there. It it, it definitely uh, definitely lessens the blow a little bit. Hey, they had a great year. You you couldn't have done anything better. You you went against like this. Maybe one of those things where you went against Mahomes. It's like you know Stockton and Malone going against Jordan, where you, you probably win almost any other year. You know, Barkley, if, yeah, if you're going against anybody else, you know Barkley probably gets a ring if he doesn't run into Jordan. Like there's there's a lot of things that that could have happened. And if you look at Jalen Hurts, and it's like well that. He definitely played good enough to win that one. This wasn't just like a Brock Purdy that got rolled out rookie year and we're protecting him and only letting him throw the ball five yards downfield. This was, hey, we got a really good quarterback. We're going to let him do it out there. And he took some chances, and I thought he performed excellent. And I would be very, very excited to have him going forward. Uh, the only guy I think I'd rather ahead of him is, is Mahomes at this point. I mean, his Hurts jumped up on the quarterback radar? Because for me, that was a huge game yesterday. Huge game yesterday. I thought he was as good as... It was upper echelon He's been killing guys. it all year. All year. Especially for a guy that had played at Alabama and then transferred to uh, to, to Oklahoma. Kind of thought, like, yeah, well, you know, if you weren't ready for the league, uh, are you ever going to really make it? And yeah, he, he's definitely made it, made it, made a stamp. I don't think that I'd go Mahomes, then, then Hurts. I think there's, there's some other guys in there. Uh, but it's it's kind of hard when you just saw that performance to just go, yeah, no, I want this guy that hasn't been playing in a month. I, I like, I think the things he's going to get better at passing and he's already very good at running. And I think he's already a good leader and he's already understanding kind of just the, the, 
I don't even know what to call it. The extra stuff, he's doing it. He's doing the little things very well. And, uh, and I'd be excited to have him going forward. All right, that's going to wrap up football season. It's going to be a long time before we talk about this. Probably like three weeks before there's some sort of rumor when Tom Brady comes back out of retirement. Something like that mm-hmm. will, will come back. And I, I've heard some Andy Reid, will he, won't he retire stuff. I see no need to make a decision today. I don't know why everyone else thought the reason to speculate and have a bunch of articles and rumors on, you know, he hasn't made up his mind. And who knows? It's like, yeah, you know, it's been been two days like you know, just give me give me a little bit of time right now you've just spent a yeah, whole the, the season Super Bowl hasn't even ended yet spent this whole season trying to accomplish this one thing i finally accomplished it and then within two days after i have to know what i'm doing like only belichick looks at this as like i'm three weeks behind the team that got eliminated you know three weeks ago and they already got three weeks of prepping for the next season on me only belichick looks at it that way just take your time it's fine you're gonna be all right i i think he's gonna come back all right, this wasn't the only thing that's happened in the past week right now. There was a huge NBA trade deadline. Huge as in some big names got moved and some big teams got better. And there's a whole lot of shakedown after this of a buyout market that we're going to talk about. But the big name that was finally moved that we roughly anticipated after the Kyrie trade last week was Kevin Durant has been moved. He's a Phoenix Sun. The Brooklyn Nets era is just over. And I'm here to tell you that... Ends with a whimper. I'm here to tell you that I think the Nets are actually better off without him, and I think they got a good haul for him. I love Mikhail Bridges. You want me to want me to read it off? I have it. It's quite the quite the list. Okay, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So the Suns received Kevin Durant and T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren's not nothing. That's not just like a he's going to get bought out or he's not going to make it. Like he, if he, he was a buyout guy, a lot of teams would want him. And the fact that they got oh, him in the yeah. deal, I don't know why great. they would do that. But like he, he he's a real real role player. Uh, the the Nets receive Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Juan Pablo Boulay, the 2023, 20, 25, 27 from Phoenix, uh, 28 pick swap from Phoenix. 28 second rounder from Milwaukee, 29 first round from Phoenix, and the 29 second from Milwaukee. Now, the report, the second that came out, I saw everyone saying, wow, they got to keep Aiton. And my response was, they didn't want Aiton. None of these teams wanted Aiton. Like, the fact that the Suns got to keep him wasn't a prize. I guarantee you they tried to trade him, and the Nets were like, you know what, I'd rather just have pieces that would be easy to move because he's not an easy piece to move. So I don't know why you would want him when he's kind of like that final last piece, which they have now. They have a competitive championship-caliber team with Kevin Durant, Booker, and Chris Paul, and Aiton is in the mix. That that makes sense for me. But if you're Brooklyn and you're rebuilding, I don't want to rebuild around a guy that I think best-case scenario is your fourth, fifth-best option. Excellent fourth, fifth, fifth, fourth or fifth best option, but not a first option, not a second option, and you're doing yourself a disservice by putting him over there when you're in a rebuild mode right now. I'd rather have a guy like Bridges where I know I can build around him and I know he's a piece that will fit with whatever I add to all this. We save a ton of money. We have a ton of cap space. We have way too many guards and small forwards, all of which I think are movable and have excellent trade value that isn't going to decline in the next year that'll only skyrocket, I think, over the next time. So I, I think guys like, you know, shooters like Curry or Dinwiddie or Joe Harris, this has the capabilities in, in Brooklyn of being a really good defensive team once they sort out what's going to stay and what's going to go. I mean, Bridges and Simmons, in theory, surrounded by a whole bunch of scrappy role players, 
is not a terrible defense. And, and I think that they have the makings to be really become a, a decent team here and they'll have the flexibilities to add some guys. Now, it's going to be interesting to see if they just completely go back to the same strategy they had where it's like, hey, we got all this cap space. Let's see who can come walking into town together. Like, are they hoping for the next Kevin Durant and Kyrie guys to welcome walk into their ha- house op- with open arms again? Or are they taking all these picks and saying, no, we're going to trust the process and rebuild right now? What would you do if you were Brooklyn? Oof. I mean, you, you got all these guys together, and it, it just it didn't work. I mean, there was a lot of injuries. There's for sure the Durant, you know, toe being just a little bit too big and, you know, what could have been there. But overall, just not successful. Like, I, I don't know if I, what, any measure you could go like, ah, no, I think that was pretty good. I mean, I think the good th- thing for them now is you're coming out of this with a ton of picks. But even if Chris Paul plays out this year and then next year really falls off a cliff and he's just like really not there anymore. Well, they still have Booker and Durant. They're not going to be a not competitive team. So these next few years of picks are not going to be lottery picks. I mean, maybe more down the line, but I think you do have a bunch of wings. I was really surprised that they made the trade with plenty of time before the, the, the deadline and that there wasn't like way more that happened. I think they were hoping to trade some of the pieces they received. Like I said, everybody they have is is movable, and I think it got to a point where they weren't going to be able to bundle anybody to get an actual star back. They just got a bunch of pieces that I think they could bundle into who knows what in the summer, and I think that's just where you're at. And I, I, liked, I like what they got back. I think every piece they got back is a guy you would welcome on your team. You just need to add some some bigger pieces to them, and, and you got to pick which one of these role players you want to keep because you have – I think you have like 10 quality role players that every team in the league would say, you know, well, yeah, I'll take that guy. And you put two of them together, you send them with some picks that you just got, and who knows what you get. You get the next disgruntled star, and if that's a route you want to go, that's that's an option you had. I don't think you had quite the option with Kevin Durant where it's such a high ask and you want to get so much back that it's almost impossible to trade him. And all the things they got back are way easier to trade, and I think that was the real advantage of just getting rid of Kevin Durant now getting rid of Kyrie right now we're no longer in the mess we're no longer uh, we're no longer vulnerable to a player on our own team of, of which they're just holding us hostage year in and year out that's that's gone yeah both these guys asked for trades over the summer so I I, I like, like what... not that long ago uh part of this deal as well for um for the Suns this was not just a two uh team deal this is actually you all got packaged together it was a four team deal uh the Suns were able to move Jay Crowder to the Bucks. And so I think that's good for them because he has not been playing for them. He'd made it very well known. Hey, I don't want to be here. And it was like, well, how are they going to trade, you know, like for like? Uh, so the way they kind of maneuvered this around as a Celtics fan, I don't like them getting Jay Crowder. I think he's a rotational guy that it might take him a little while to get in shape, but he'll be ready to go in the playoffs. Even if he's just a, you know, an extra body, that's a pretty good extra body to have. Um, and then the Pacers got George Hill back, Serge Ibaka, Jordan Nuara, and three future second round picks. So I think this was one. This was the first uh, five second round picks for one player, pretty much. I mean, it all kind of got mixed around and everything. But there, there were so many second round picks getting flown around. Yes, or not yesterday, but before the deadline. Yeah, that that was strange. the The packaging of five second round picks together be, became the equivalent of some some future role player that was a borderline buyout guy. The, the interesting thing with Crowder, and the only reason that this worked for the for Milwaukee to get him was. Everybody was willing to give Phoenix, I think, picks similar to 
what the what the cost of Crowder ended up being. The, the problem was Phoenix needed players. They they needed Jay Crowder to play, and that they couldn't just accept an exchange for picks. They needed a player to play this year. So the, the yeah. four team made sense for all of them, and that's kind of how Milwaukee ended up getting him for what I think a deal any other teams would have done. Just Phoenix couldn't Phoenix couldn't accept that offer earlier in the year. They, they needed to get an actual player, and they got a player all right. Uh, let's let's talk about the possible success of Phoenix here. So Chris Paul has yet to ever survive any playoffs ever. That that's that hasn't happened. Kevin Durant is currently hurt and has been hurt for a little bit. Booker just got back from missing what maybe four weeks, still a month. And everybody's saying second favorite team in the West to come out right now. Give it to them on paper. This is it. And I'm looking at the buyout market, and they're gonna have to scoop up a whole bunch of guys because this is not a deep roster. And when you don't have a deep roster, you have to play guys a lot of minutes. And I don't think Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, and Booker are the right guys to play a lot of minutes. These aren't the Tom Thibodeau guys that should be playing 42 minutes a night. And I think that's what they're going to have to do unless they add a whole bunch. But I, I don't know. I don't like what teams are this reliant on the buyout market. Like, what team have you ever seen in the past that is like, you know what? All these guys that none of these other teams wanted that we're going to pick up now for nothing is really going to put us over the top and we're going to be so much better off because of this. Like, is that... That seems like the wrong strategy of all this, so I'm doubting the success of all this, both in the health possibilities and just the roster doesn't seem to be there. I think it can be there by next year, but by next year, one more year on Chris Paul, one more whatever injuries on on all these other guys, and I I think as big as you want to, as excited as you want to be for the window of having Kevin Durant and Booker under contract for, what, at least three years now? Maybe four years? However long? It, this window could shrink real fast, if it, and it's already shrinking every minute I'm speaking right now. So I, I'm not, I'm not buying all in. I'm not giving these guys a crown or anything. On paper, this looks excellent, but I don't know if this is ever going to come all the way around on paper. It seems like there's always going to be somebody injured, something not working, or just not having enough there. I don't. What, what do you think? Like, are you crowning? Like, is this team jumping over Denver, or like, like who did they just jump over now? Who, who are they now? a more likely contender than who? Well, looking at the, uh, at the standings right now, without Kevin Durant, they were fourth. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with, Hey, how, how, how quickly and how ready can Durant come back? Is it right after the all-star break or now we starting to look at, you know, the end of March and you, you start running out of time before there's time to warm up before the, before the playoffs start. And th- you know, that's never good. I mean, we have seen him come back in the past and I think just anytime you get a guy of, Kevin Durant's caliber that just jumps you up a lot. I I'm not seeing why you don't think that the the pieces will fit together because I'm looking at it and I'm seeing okay, you got the three guys that were already there. You got a you got a point guard, you got a shooting guard, you got a center, like and all very clearly in those roles. And then you bring in Durant, who's just a complete you know unicorn of well he can play any forward position but can also score. And so it just seems like you you don't have any guys like overlapping. You know we've seen some other situations where. It's like, hey, you know, we got a point guard, and we also brought in the shooting guard, who's really kind of more of a point guard. So, well, now we're way smaller than the other team, and that doesn't seem like an issue here. All right, well, apply one injury to Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, or Booker. Just apply one injury to those guys, and then look at the guys that are going to be filling in for all that. So you're thinking it's more of a more of a depth issue, where I'm going a little more, and I think that they'll all be healthy, and when you're in the playoffs, you don't the depth's not nearly as important, but I... I can understand what you're saying is, but I think that's that's the thing. If you want a guy like Kevin Durant, you don't get the luxury of having having depth. Yeah, you. It, why do we need? We don't need another guy 
as an as an option offensively, we have we have two guys that are the number one options every time. Like the, the, we don't we're we're not a better off team for not having a good six option off the bench here. But I I just think injuries happen and role players and the depth of some of these other teams is going to be really good. Like it, they're acting. It's fair to say that every other team in the West is now concerned on how they're going to defend Kevin Durant. But maybe. Just maybe we could flip the coin a little bit and say maybe Phoenix should be concerned about not having the depth and if they get in foul trouble having to guard an aggressive Memphis team because they're driving to the basket like crazy and now they have no bench. DeAndre Ayton's in foul trouble and they're they're on I don't even know Bismack Biombo's in there now and you know Chris Paul got hurt and they're they're watching Damian Lee just chuck up threes and it's it's just I could see this all falling apart very quickly after one bad call and one foul trouble issue one injury. And suddenly you're relying on guys that wouldn't even be in the rotation on any other team. I I, I see that. For, I just think that's a possibility here. And it's it's look. I would love to see what you're talking about. Right? If they're all just playing, yeah, this would be awesome. If these guys are all just playing and they're healthy, is I would love for Chris Paul to make a, a huge run. I I think that's exactly what he needs to get pushed over the top and to, to forgive all the woes of every playoff season. He has the chance one more time here. It seemed like the window was already closed on him, and it's open again. It just He hasn't delivered before, and I'd be shocked if he's somehow going to do this now because those injuries just add up, and the age just adds up. It's not going away. He's already on the plant-based diet. He's already doing the Phoenix training staff as good yeah, as anyone yeah, else. What's, yeah, what's the next you know, level? What, what else can you, you – There's no. you can't milk out anything else. It's, it, the well is dry. He's done everything he can, and it's so close, but I, I have a hard time thinking it's going to be good enough, and it's – not to the fault of him, you know, being lazy or getting old. It's just getting old. It's it's not, it's not in his control, and 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 I worry about that. And I think that's my my big question mark of, of this whole team and doing this move right now is, can Chris Paul do this? Like, is is he going to be able to last? And I don't think he is going to be able to, at least not for a whole thing. But I'll be rooting for him. I will be rooting for him. I probably won't be rooting for Kevin Durant, but I would love for Chris Paul mm-hmm. to actually have some playoff success. And I think this move gives them that opportunity to maybe clear all of the debts, and I just don't think it'll happen, but I would love to see it happen. All right, moving along, we do have some more trades here. I want to talk about a couple teams that I actually thought just got better as well. I thought the Warriors are going to get better. It's kind of a little sad that they had to move on with Wiseman and that more or less openly accept that he's a bust for at least them at this moment, where you look at some of the options they could have had at number two, but I love the move of adding Gary Payton Jr. back. The only reason they didn't have him is because they couldn't resign him for the money. They were basically able to save money and then give him the money that he wanted from Portland by just moving some pieces around here. So I thought that was a great money-saving move of which they're adding a guy that they've missed from the second he left. And, and I think if you're the Celtics, this is a concerning one because I thought of all the guys that I was so happy that was no longer on the Warriors, this was one that I thought gave us some some real problems and it just matches up a lot better for us. So I thought that was a great move by them. I, I like the addition. There's a lot of guys returning back to places that they've played before. Do you think that's something teams should be considering more often? Or is it just nice that there's there are such scenarios where guys leave on good terms and they're able to kind of reunite? I, I think it's just a, it's a complete fluke and probably just has something to do with just the amount of trades have, have increased in, in recent memory. So there's just more teams to be uh, uh, they have the ability to go like, Oh, they're going back to this team. Yeah. So I, I think it's just, just a fluke. It's it's a good move for them though. I think this is a type of player that they wanted. It's maybe a little bit higher out of the price range, but there's also the guarantee that we, he's been here before and it worked. 
and I think that's what you're paying for, and that's that, that was worth it for him. Any comment on Wiseman? I, I wish he was going just anywhere but Detroit. I mean, does, does that where all centers go to die over there? Is that the like we're, you're not going to get any run? There's already like Bagley. We're hoping for him to get some run. There's there's so many guys already over there, and it it's it seems that he needs to go through some growing pains and get to some playing time. And I I you would hope that going to a lottery team like Detroit would would give him those minutes, but. I don't think he's going to get him over like there. Like you said, there's a lot of centers over there. I mean, they got rid of uh, Sadiq Bay, and he, I mean, he's not a center, but it, it, it just there's still a lot of centers over there. Yeah, that's it's going to be hard for him to crack the rotation over there, and that's going to be concerning. But I, on the flip side of that, if Detroit, you know, if Wiseman, he was the number two overall pick. The the Warriors, I think we've credited as being a very smart basketball organization. So I don't think there's. There can't be nothing there, despite us only seeing nothing there. We might see something in a year or two. There, this could be a Fultz thing where you know, Markel Fultz looks pretty good right now. It's been a rough career, and I credit him a ton for just powering through all the drama, all the pressure, all the expectations of being where they're at. But at this point today, Markel Fultz is an NBA basketball player that starts on a team and that probably should start on a team. So I, I, I think there's still hope for Wiseman. I just maybe not in Detroit and that's kind of sad that he might have to bounce around to one more spot before we actually get to see something. Uh, all right, one more team that I thought got a lot better. The Clippers made a bunch of moves. I don't want to really talk about all the specifics, but they essentially took John Wall, Reggie Jackson, and Luke Kennard, and were able to turn that into Eric Gordon, Bones Highland, and Mason Plumley. The only real head-scratching part of all this is that what Eric Gordon was – off the trading block, like, no, we're not giving him up for nothing. We want to get this. We think he's this sort of type of value. And it just kept going and going and going. And now he ends up being traded to the Clippers for well, a couple second round picks. And it's at what do you think there should be something more talked about? Do you think we should pay attention a little bit more to players staying on teams that aren't competing and then eventually getting traded for nothing? Like, like the, the value of him was way more years ago and they were refusing to be in some rebuild mode or refusing to say like this is the piece we want to build around and now you're no longer building around him and it's it's just the value's gone you got nothing for it there was value for this guy years ago and and it just seems very strange to hold on to it until there's no value and then get nothing for him like is like that that's that's the fault of Houston right that's that's what this isn't supposed to be easy but like they did a bad job here right like is that that's that's bad gming i you, you're trying to hold out, thinking you're you're gonna get something for it. I, in in the same breath, it's I was glad that Eric Gordon was able to escape, and then just so sad that John Wall, after pretty much burning bridges when he left the Rockets, is right back there where he's for sure gonna get bought out, and kind of seems like this is probably it for him. Uh, but I think we kind of had a, a few of those situations. Uh, I liked uh, Mason Plumley going to the Clippers to then give. Uh, Young up-and-comer Mark Williams uh, a chance on Charlotte. So I, a lot of the moves that Charlotte made I didn't quite get, but I think this one was almost like a little bit of a, uh, um addition by subtraction. Like Not like Mason Plumlee wasn't able to get the job done, but just like, hey, we got this young guy. We want to get him like some real run here. We're not going anywhere playoff-wise this year. So, you know, Clippers can actually use a big man. Go for it. Take him. We're going to we're gonna run our young guy out. Yeah, I, I think Plumlee, similar to my, my eight and roll, is – this is a guy that makes a hell of a lot more sense when you're competing for a championship. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you're in building mode because he's not a he's not a centerpiece. He's like a finishing piece, and he's gonna have a he's gonna make a hell of a lot more sense on the Clippers. The Clippers, man, the, the depth they keep adding here of just scoring abilities and, and guys that I've seen in playoff games and guys that I, I would 
I've been scared of in playoffs. I mean, I'm much more fearful of Eric Gordon, Bones Highland, and Mason Plumlee than John Wall, Reggie Jackson, or Luke Kennard. Maybe a little little slight on on Luke Kennard there. He's he's capable of some stuff, but I I like uh, if he's not leading the league. I've heard some uh, some really big uh, three three point percentage out of him, which I mean is not surprising. That you know that's calling card, but you know for uh, a team like Memphis to get a guy that's shooting, I think it was like forty five percent from three. You know, anytime you're putting shooting around Ja, I think that's only going to help. Well, with the trade for Kennard, Kennard goes to Memphis. Kennard and Desmond Bain, I believe, lead the league in three-point percentage, of which they're both high at like 42, 44, 45, something okay. like that. So, the, yeah, no, so they now have the, the two best three-point percentages on the team surrounded with Ja and a whole bunch of other playmakers. I was a little shocked that they – didn't get into the Durant sweepstakes of which, you know, obviously you want Triple J thrown in there, but and I really like Mikael Bridges and I like Cam Johnson. I think both of those guys are good players and I think keeping the Cam that they already have as well uh, Cam, uh, who's had a couple 40-point games the, the past week uh, Cam Thomas, is that right? Yeah, yep. Uh, giving him a little bit of opportunity as well and seeing what, what really comes out of all this I thought that kind of made some sense, but I, well, I you you laugh you laugh at it and I think it's funny too but you know the Memphis TikToks their thing is like we're sticking together we all like each other we're making moves this is what we're doing the adding Canard was the only move that they made and Danny Green wasn't even playing right no no I, I just shocked yeah. like I I don't know what the value of Dylan Brooks was but that just seemed like something I could dump on something else and just just not have that headache anymore but you're right they're they're brothers they i don't ride think together. they think of it as a headache though i think it's almost like a little bit of a draymond green situation where when you're on the other team you're like this guy but when he's on your team it's like sweet he's standing up for us or he's making sure none of us are going to get punked like it's 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 much more of a, of a positive than a headache maybe all right a couple other nba trades we can get to here let's do 30 seconds on the lakers they get mo bamba mo bamba d'angelo russell uh, what they get Vanderbilt too? I, I think that's the actual guy. They got rid of Russell Westbrook. That is the headline from that one. Yeah, are we? Sh- we're nobody's shocked by that. Nobody's. This had a circle. This 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 team was circled with Utah over there. The buyout situation is going to be a little bit more interesting for me. Is like, are they for sure buying him out? Like, have they have they announced that? Like, do you have to announce these buyouts like within a certain amount of time here? Because you got to wait after before you get picked up and the season ends quick like this. I, I don't I don't think so because I think it's negotiating on it, so obviously both sides are if you know that it's not going to work out want to do it sooner rather than later because I, I'm assuming once you're there you start getting paid you know every I don't know how it works like every day probably not every day but you know like weekly or whatever and so if you're not going to be playing the team doesn't want to pay you for for no services. Well, if he is bought out, I don't know where he's going to go. I don't know what team is. Who's calling? Who who's saying? You know what? We don't want all these other guys that are possibly available on the buyout market. We want you. And I have no idea. Even if the team, but it's does, not forty million dollars worth of Russell Westbrook. It's gonna be whatever the the minimum is. Was that do you, four? Do you think the main frustration with with Westbrook is just the money? Like he, he, I just think that there's there's an incoherent. I think it changes it when you you, you reduce it by ten. Maybe there just seems to be an incoherent, not only team chemistry, but just offensive basketball IQ that doesn't really mesh with anyone else. He's not really 
a point guard. He can't shoot. His defense is his defense is suspect, and that's just being nice after all this. And then his his willingness to come off the bench might be better for a better team, but it, it's kind of like he, he's almost then disrespecting the team that he was. It's just there's so many headaches that you don't have to what deal with. What are you talking about? He was it. coming off the bench for the Lakers, who are one of the worst teams in the league. That's what I'm saying. Is Does he suddenly think he's going to go to a better team and, and not have to come off the bench? I just I don't know if he thinks that this is entirely a situational thing and that he's going to be able to fix all of this if he just gets to the right team. And that's just a, that's just a mindset that I, I wouldn't want to welcome to my team. That when I don't have to, like you didn't trade for him, you're you're voluntarily bringing him in for this, and I know the dollar amount's a hell of a lot less. But do you really, do you really think there's advantages to all the consequences of all that? I, I just don't see do the you, advantages. Do you think the Lakers are better? Uh, I think that they're. I think that they needed the change, and that they the the change for sake of change is normally something I don't encourage. But there was a lot of bad bad vibes going on in this team. So I think the change for all that is going to make them better alone. Roster-wise, I think they're going to be – they thought they were frustrated playing with Russell Wilson – Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook. D'Angelo Russell is not going to be any thrill ride either here. There's going to be times where he doesn't pass the ball or he doesn't shoot or he just goes off for 40 points and yet they still lose. The Mo Bamba thing is a little fascinating on how this guy can't even crack minutes on Orlando and yet somehow for the <laughs> – flashy Lakers over here he's going to be a relevant role player it's like yeah I I don't know about all that now now Vanderbilt was one where I kind of thought that Danny Ainge fleeced Minnesota and getting him in the trade for Rudy Gobert and I was a little sad to see him kind of get thrown in as a side piece over there uh, for for the Lakers because I think he actually has real value LeBron doesn't like playing with young guys so he may not have the right value on this team but I, I I just think LeBron he just went from one headache to another between Westbrook to D'Angelo Russell. This isn't a thrill ride. And the whole returning back home as if he left on good terms, that they're all like super happy to have him back. They're just happy to have Westbrook gone. Like you said, this isn't there's not throwing a party for you to come back. I don't even think he's going to get a press conference and I don't think he deserves one. So this is, this is nothing. This is a team that's struggling right now. They're a little bit better, but at the end of the day, they're only going to be they're only going to go as far as Anthony Davis and LeBron are capable of taking them, and these pieces don't matter as much. They they are what they are. They're not. Is the is the Anthony Davis uh, sitting down while LeBron is going for the all time points record? Is that something or nothing? No, I, I told you what this was. This is a guy that is currently out of shape because he's been injured, and he's playing a lot of minutes, and he has a lot. He does have a big workload. He, he can't just go coast out there. He's got to be the main defender. He's got to be the main offensive guy. And I think he was just taking an opportunity to not kill his legs. The guy that's always injured, just playing a lecture safe. And, and I have no problem with it. He wasn't in the game. He, he wasn't in the game. Everyone else was standing. Yeah, because they're not going to play, and they're not Anthony Davis, and their entire team isn't dependent on whether or not they get hurt or not. I'd rather him. He's not playing. He should be resting. He's not playing. He should be resting. All right? That's That's fine. As, as well as they're losing this game right now. They're losing that game. I know that there is a, a bigger story beyond you know LeBron setting the scoring record and passing Kareem and all that, but the, the reality is that they were losing a game that they needed to win, and they did lose that game, and I understand his frustration of all that. He, he's... To the Thunder. It's not like you know the Bucks came into town. They were favored in that game. They were supposed to win. 
I, I think it's easy to make fun of AD for some of the flaws and not and look a little heavy and shooting a little too many threes sometimes. But at the end of the day, I think this guy is still a competitor, and I think he has a problem with losing games. And I think him sitting down and being like, I don't understand. We're, we're getting our ass kicked in this game. We're all supposed to just stand up and applaud for this this incredible achievement. When in like the hindsight of right now, right here, is our season's on the line. Like we, We're about to be eliminated from the playoffs if we don't get our shit together right now. And we're blowing this game, and we're letting this huge thing become a distraction. I, I, I almost have no problem with it. I know it just seems like an easy thing to say that LeBron's not an easy teammate to, to play with. But you know what? I think you knew that when you signed up to come here. It wasn't, you know, you basically forced your way onto this team. You forced your way to play with LeBron. I'm not sure what you thought it was. I'm sorry it's not perfect, but this, this is the way it is. This is the way it's going to be. He, he was always going to be an incredible player. He's always going to be setting a record like this. This just seems like a really, really big one, but this isn't going to be the only one. There's going to be all sorts of things that, that are going to happen like this. So I, I'm I'm fine with him just being a, a struggling player right now that just wants to win games, and I, that's, that's really what I'm reading into it. I'm not about to go this whole the LeBron was, AD nonsense. It just, there's enough drama on that team. The, the, the drama is they're not winning games. Was the celebration, do you think it was too much, just right, or not enough? Just right. It's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And then and, and LeBron has, has, I don't think he's truly glorified a lot of the awards he's won. I think he glorified some of the teams he's played with and, and gotten really excited with some of the players he's played with. But I don't remember LeBron just shoving MVPs down everyone's throat or shoving, you know, rings and showing pictures and all that. I don't remember him really doing that. And this is, this is a record where we may not ever see anybody break this in our lifetime. And I know that there's a scoring revolution right now. And it seems that somebody should in, in theory be able to reach this pace and, and catch up to all this, but there's a durability of LeBron being a one-on-one type guy that, I think you're going to have a hard time seeing somebody like that. Somebody who's just going to put in the minutes that he's put in, do the playoff runs that he's put in, and end up with the points that he's ended up with. And that's just an incredible feat. This I, is this I is thought, the home run thing being broken. Like, this isn't going to happen. I thought stopping uh, the game to acknowledge it, that made sense. I thought, you know, a little extended, you know, wave. I thought having all of the media on the floor, his family on the court, while the game is still going on, and like you said, they're losing, and him giving a speech in the middle of the game, that was too far for me. And I've heard people say, like, oh, well, you know, what was he going to do, give a speech at the end of the game after they lost? Well, one, he didn't have to go sit down and not play the game afterwards if he wanted to win, so he could have kept playing, as well as they did a whole ceremony before the next game. It was already, like, it was already going to be planned for that. So I'm not saying like, there should be no celebrating or anything, but just like it was in the middle of the game and it was just a full on like this game is like being postponed and it, it wasn't quick. It had to have been at least 15 minutes. Look, man, you play to win the game. One of the ways you win this game is by putting the ball in the hoop. This guy just put the ball in the hoop more than any other players ever done in this game. I, I think it's OK if we sit down and, and take a second to recognize like how awesome that is and how long that is as well as just how hard the roadmap is to getting there and that's the only reason we're celebrating this i agree it's a little it's it, it doesn't the, the, the game product's not improved by all this but the game culture and the, the, the league as a whole is better because we're taking these sort of things seriously and, and i'm all right with that this isn't going to happen all the time all right this isn't like the basketball hall of fame where every year we're going to say oh we're letting everyone in 
not everyone's going to get the ceremony, man. Not everyone's going to be setting records like the scoring points record. Like this is this isn't going to happen again. I do like the argument, though, that a couple people and I think Simmons brought this up of you know, Kareem plays four years in college. Like there's four years of dominant basketball there of a lot of points happening that if he's just in the league, how many more does he get? And then there's the how many more is LeBron got left in him? If he's going to do until his kid thing and still have some of these crazy scoring, you know, frequent games here where he just puts up 40 on a random night. I, 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 I get your understanding that the game is completely distracted by it all. But this is this is very much like where I make fun of baseball for being way too prestigious about these home run records and all that. But at the end of the day, it's it's, it's really it's really hard to do. And that's why they're making a, a big deal about it is it takes a whole career to get to where you're at for this sort of thing. It, it, it wasn't just, you know, I, I hit the weight room one summer and, uh, you know, I, I got an award the next day. It's like, no, I had to dedicate my entire life and 20 years of the NBA to, to pass Kareem, who did the same thing for his life. And, and that's that's why it was a big deal. And that's why I was celebrated. And sure, that's fine. The semantics of the, the celebration are a little overkill, but it's a chance to make a big deal about a team that is not competing also. like the, the, How can we get the Lakers in the news? How, how can we keep these guys relevant? Well, we're not very good, but you know what? We got this guy setting records that no one else has set before. So, yeah, we're going to have as many ceremonies and distractions as possible because of that. So that, maybe it's that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be something at the uh, at the All-Star game, and this will just continue. Uh, the one thing I can guarantee for sure is that there will never be a LeBron James Nike movie unlike the Nike movie that is coming out with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, the Air Jordan movie, I, I th- what is it, just Air? Is that is that the title? Yeah, yeah, it's just Air. I, I've heard a lot about this. I've, I'm excited for it. I really enjoyed Winning Time, which is an HBO satire of the, the 80s Lakers with Kareem and Magic and all that, and they, they do show Phil Knight in that, and it's a little bit more of a comedic role, and they're kind of having some fun with, with it a little bit more. This looks like it. it's just going to be fun and a little bit more serious, and I, I think it's... I think it's exciting. I'm kind of sold on any time Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are just jointly in on it. I don't think they would do that duo together unless it was something they, they really cared about or something they really wanted to do. And this seems like it fits both of those. So I, I have some excitement for this. You just saw the trailer yesterday. And what did you think? Or just uh, Sunday? Yeah, just yeah. Just, I saw it just uh, the other day. I had no idea that it was it was coming out. Uh, definitely star-studded cast. Looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. You got Jason Bateman in there. I'm always a, always a fan of his work. My my only concern is that we've already had the 30 for 30. We've had the Michael Jordan documentary that didn't come out that long ago. And just wondering, is it the, is the entertainment going to be enough that it goes beyond? It's like, well, I didn't learn anything new. And so maybe that's just a me problem because it's like, well, I've seen all these documentaries. But I got to imagine a lot of people that are going to see this have also. And is it just... Well, yeah, I knew all that stuff that happened, and there's no, you know, razzle dazzle in there. Educational razzle dazzle probably doesn't come from this movie, but I think there's an entertaining theoretical conversations of saying, "All right, let's put Jordan in a room. He's not even the greatest athlete in the world yet. He's just this kid. He's just won a national championship in North Carolina, and this guy's willing to risk." an entire shoe business that isn't even a shoe business that's going to become an empire also. There's just a prequel to it all of, of, of the how we got to where we got to, and I think there's something fun about the origin story of all that. And I, I, I'm just in for it. I think there's going to be some side conversations of, of rumors that'll get like Hollywood enhanced into drama scenes that are like, 
it was kind of like that, but not like that. But the way they show it is just so much more entertaining. And I'm in for that. This is right up our alley. These these are our guys here too. Everybody in this is a fun guy, and I think they would have only agreed to do this and only been picked to do this if as if they could have fun and be fun in it. And I think that's what this movie will be. All right. Uh, any other uh, Super Bowl commercial stuff you want to talk about? Did any other trailers? Well, we got a uh, another Fast and Furious that that looked like every other Fast Last and Furious. One. Sure. I, it, oh, I'll definitely be going to see that. Can uh, Jason... I like to pretend that I um I like am in some sort of intellectual that's like oh that's that's beneath me but then I go and I watch them and it's like oh yeah, hot girls fast cars ridiculous heist plot line oh you got me again and they, especially the last one the last ride oh yeah I'll be watching that yeah I, I'll give you this there's a reason to have a really good surround sound system and it's for movies like Fast and Furious and basically any Marvel movie the the Flash movie caught my attention a little bit. Some some Michael Keaton comeback of of the Batman thing. Have you been keeping up with the, the drama of all of that of, of how we got to where we got to right now with the the Flash multiverse movie of DC? Uh, not not really. I know I've I know the Flash TV show on the CW is kind of winding uh, winding down. I think this is its last season. So now they're doing you know the the movie and uh, you know I'm sort of aware of just generally all of the, the the drama where it just seems like DC just shoots themselves in the foot where Marvel just soars and kind of on, you know, switching Batmans and trying to make movies, trying to make this whole universe and just like not quite getting it all. So this has been a project that has basically existed to some degree since Michael Keaton was Batman. So that's over 20 years ago, roughly, basically 30 90s, years right? ago. Like this is... This is a long, long time ago. So there was always a idea that they would bring back Michael Keaton as an older Batman for some sort of multiverse thing. And and he was really into all that idea, and it took a long, long time to get into all this, that nobody really wanted to do it because they had already greenlit so many other Batman, basically, between you know Affleck and then there's uh, you know Christian Bale before all that, and then uh, what do we got? Pat- Pat- Pattinson now and, and, and all of that. But the, the idea was that this was going to be like a side thing, and then... Obviously, everybody cared. Michael Keaton's still a very, very successful actor. Everyone cares, I think, about valuing him as a return here. He was supposed to be in the Batgirl movie. I don't know if you remember the Batgirl movie, the one that they scrapped about, I don't know, three, four months ago. It was a completely finished movie. It got advertised. I think there was a trailer for it. And it gets completely scrapped because it was going to go straight to HBO Max, I believe. It was going to be a direct release. Oh, yes, this, this sounds familiar. And the reason that they scrapped it was they were saying... This movie on streaming will make us this amount of money, and we're going to waste the debut and the return. Well, one, we're going to waste the debut of Batgirl, and we're going to waste the return of Michael Keaton on a movie that is only going to make us X amount of dollars. Now, that doesn't say this movie was going to be bad. I, I've heard some people say that they didn't release it because the movie was bad, but at the end of the day, they didn't release it because there's a lot of like exciting things in there. And even if the movie's bad, there's a couple things I think people would tune in for. Well, how can we get more money out of the things that people might actually tune in for? All right, we put them in another movie. That'll be the last movie, The Flash, so that'll be another reason to go see this movie because this is the last time this Flash actor is going to be Flash. Like you said, they ended the se- this season, and now they're, they're going to go into a movie. And that's kind of how we ended up where we're at, of a very weird business decision stuff that just conflicts over one another, of which the Marvel constantly gets rewarded for just planning out their storyline so smart and so sophisticatedly. And DC just seems to find a way to just muck up their storyline and just mix mash all of these sort of like compromise things just so they can come to a better bottom line. Cause they are 
they're just in a shambles right now of, of slinging stuff against the wall, giving creative freedom to so many different people, going in so many different directions. There, there is something a little too Disney-fied about the Marvel thing, but I very much have enjoyed all of the Marvel Universe of recent so much more than anything from DC. This is the one thing that's caught my attention, and even with the tension it has for me, I'm so skeptical because of everything I just told you. Like, that doesn't sound like a great way to make a movie, right? Like, we're just going to combine some hit pieces here and, and then just put them all on there, and that'll be the you, big you draw. You from 30 years ago. Yeah, I don't know. I, but that, that was one that caught my attention. I'm trying to think of other trailers there was here but overall i've talked about the commercial things in the past of how i think this is the perfect way to do any tv movie reunion like don't reboot it don't do a movie spinoff just do a super bowl commercial and i think that still stays as my favorite way to see duos back together got the breaking bad guys there i think there was some clueless stuff there was all, all sorts of just cameo things from movies that i, I think that's the best way to go about all that anything that caught your attention and eh, not really i I'm, I'm there for the football game yeah no that makes sense that's uh not for you it's like the halftime show it's, I'm, I'm there to watch something yeah, else yeah I'm, I'm fine with it and it goes on and then i kind of just wonder too obviously there's a ton more money that goes into it but just like okay so you, you know you have the ability to make these commercials that just aren't terrible like why don't you do that all the time yeah i, I it's fine it's fine People are going to watch this stuff regardless. There's so much money that goes into there. I was uh, very impressed by some of the budget of these teams and uh, businesses and organizations and more specifically churches. My God, what was it? The 90 seconds of just weird Jesus commercials. Very, very uh, just attention it's, it's, grabbing, I, I'll say. <laughs> just very, very not quite, much quite, in the football. The decision. Just very much not in the football setting either. Of like, okay, we're going to come out of this and we're going to go into that and we're going to come back to this. <laughs> Congratulations, America. This is exactly what you wanted. <laughs> yeah, surprise. Uh, but overall, a successful football season. I think our picks were pretty successful. I know I didn't necessarily thrive on the victories here, but it was pretty tight. All right, you didn't dominate me, and I don't think you're going to dominate me on March Madness, which is just around the corner here. I still have to complete the bet from last year, of which I lost the bet. Every year we do a March Madness bet. I lost. I have to go skiing downhill shirtless for one run. I'm running out of time, although the heat wave has hit the East Coast, so perhaps this bet won't be as punishing as I had feared in the past. But we do need a new bet. We, we, we do this bet every year, and there's going to have to be a new consequence, and March is just around the corner. So if you have any ideas, please let us know. You can reach Zach at his Twitter, which is... Wicked Z-Man 24. And if you've already entered last year or any of the previous years of March Madness, remember, you got to rejoin this year. Right? It's a free entry. It's not going to require anything out of you. And you'll have an opportunity to win a, what are we doing, a $50 Amazon gift card and then a podcast hoodie, something like that. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. Well, it's not going to cost you anything to enter, so feel free to join. That email is going to be coming around real soon. And then the madness will be here. Yeah, once you get that email, it's just a countdown to the drama, man. It's just this, you know, the ACC. Uh, who it's knows? Quite technically, it's 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 one one month. Uh, that's the, the the Tuesday of the the playing games is uh, March 14th. So we're one one month. So the NFL season is over, but that season is peak prime, just about to begin. This is going to be a fun year. Everywhere I read, I, I have not watched. I, I do this every year. I, I say I'm going to do more research for college basketball, but the big read I'm getting on this year is that there is no clear-cut favorite and that this is going to be as much madness as you can control. 
the teams you think are good aren't necessarily proven as good. There's going to be like an Eagles type team, and there's going to be a Chiefs type team that's going to end up with it all. And I don't know which one of those teams is that team yet, but there will be something, and I can't wait for it. Uh, anything else you want to add for the people out there? Uh, I hope that uh, that Jalen Brown uh, can come back soon. He uh, had some friendly fire, got hit in the face, and broke his face, and that just sounds super painful. So just, you know, he's not going to be able to play in the All-Star game, which is just going to be so frustrating for him. And just uh, hope that he can, uh, you know, come back, and he'll be wearing the Batman mask and just be looking real cool and uh, getting back to the court. All right, we'll have all NBA All-Star weekend stuff coming up next week as well as some March Madness prep. Oh, man, it's already here. I can't believe i got to lose this damn bet again. I'm not losing this year. Guaranteeing victory. One more year. Little column A, little column B.